Contract was actually just renegotiated with the league, so here we are again. Uh, it took a while for the contract to be negotiated, but uh, you know, we 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 I, uh, Nick went ahead and was our lead negotiator. He made us a pretty solid deal, so uh, that's how we're back here for another season. I'm here with Jesse, Ryan, and Nick. Boys, baseball's back. How you doing? I cannot wait for baseball to start up. Well, I'm I'm watch. I, I never watched spring training, but this year I'm watching a lot of spring training just because. <laughs> amped that we're getting baseball yeah and it's a shorter um, spring training so you're actually getting like starters playing a little bit more right yeah exactly like what one more week left till opening day next thursday is when it opens up yeah let's do it um yeah i remember if uh, for those of you who, who are listening um i don't know if you guys remember the last podcast we did when the season ended when we were recapping the world series i made a little comment at the end i'm like this might be the last baseball game we ever see uh, and for a while, it kind of seemed like that. Uh, it seemed like the negotiations were not going anywhere. They were stalled for a long time. There was a big lockout, for those of you who haven't heard. Uh, but then after things started up again in uh, uh, a few weeks back, the free agency market kicked back to gear. We have a new set of rules and a new season to start. Um, so we have quite a bit to, to go over. And I remember when we were first looking to do our next podcast, I was thinking, like, we should just wait till everything is settled. Um, in terms of a CBA, in terms of uh, a lot of free agents signing before we actually go ahead and do another podcast. So what we're going to do, to, uh, what we're gonna do today is we're going to go over the uh, new CBA rules to see what rules we're playing under for this upcoming season. And we're going to recap most of, if not all, of the big free agent signings and trades that were done this offseason. Because a lot of them, when I was looking through them today, I did not remember half of these happening. Um, so it'll be really fun to go over that. We have a little game to go with that. It'll be a, a to test your memory. Um, Nick, how excited are you to see Shohei Otani and a healthy, I'm going to knock on wood as much as I can right now, <laughs> a healthy Indians line, Indians. Oh my goodness. That was wrong in so many ways. Um, <laughs> Angels lineup this season. I mean, excited would be an understatement. Um, I, I have high hopes for Otani. I think if he can reproduce what he did last season would be absolutely phenomenal. Even if he takes a small step back in both pitching and hitting, like he's still in a really good place because the main thing, and the main thing is always that has always been the case with the angels is health. We can see a full healthy season of trout, Otani, Rendon. We're in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Ryan, what are you most excited about this season? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, I'm also excited about the Angels. Nick, one other guy I would throw on, on there as well as Syndergaard. If he is healthy for 25 to 30 starts, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Again, a big health question mark. Um, I think overall, though, just looking forward to – I mean, we'll get into this in a little bit, but expanded playoffs should be, lead to more competition. Mm -hmm. I don't really see any of the top teams being – quite as good as they've been in the past like the 110 win Dodgers and Astros from a couple years ago 
I don't really see teams like that anymore, which I think should lead to a more exciting regular season. So I'm excited for that. Definitely. Um, so yeah, you kind of segued us into this uh, next segment. Uh, we're going to talk about the new rules of the CBA, the heavily negotiated CBA that almost canceled baseball. Um, but here we are. We finally got it. A deal has come to place. And here are some of the updated rules. And we can go, uh, we can elaborate on a few of them in a second. So first of all, probably the biggest one that'll impact the game right away, Universal DH. This was tested during the shortened 2020 season, but it is officially coming back. Universal DH, an extra 15 slots in the lineup for, um, for those guys who aren't necessarily good on the field, but can get it done at the plate. So Universal DH, playoffs expanded to 12 teams. How this would look like, it's going to be the top two teams in each league by record, uh, get buys to the division series, and then the remaining four teams in each league will then battle it out in the, I guess, like the wild card round, whatever you want to call that. Um, but so no more that, wild card uh, game? Yeah, exactly. No more wild card game and no more game uh, 163 for tiebreakers. That's, gonna, that's one thing I'm not too big of a fan of. Uh, now, if two teams are tied by the end of the, after 162, there will be some sort of formula that will be calculated, which takes into account head-to-head -head record, run differential, amongst other things, to decide who um, comes out on top there. The, there's going to be a lottery draft, so they're taking a page out of the NBA's book. Uh, and this, this lottery draft is supposed to discourage tanking, and it's only going to include the 18 non-playoff teams. So what will happen is each team will be assigned a slot, and that slot has an, aside, an assigned odds uh, to get the number one selection. So it's possible that you could be the number 13 team in the season and get the first overall pick the following year. Um, no more rotation interleague play starting in 2023. So now the way this is going to work is that everyone will play everyone at least once. The way it's going to be broken That's out is, and this is once again, this is starting in 2023. So this season is still kind of like normal. But in 2023, there'll be 56 games within your division, 60 games against the rest of, the, of your league, American or National League, four games against your rival. So it's like a crosstown classic, essentially. And then 42 games against interleague, uh, that'll be interleague play. So there will be significantly more interleague play in 2023 moving on. Um, there's going to be more international games. So games played in, um, in Europe, Mexico, wherever, uh, uh, international games being played. And an update to the trade deadline. So before the trade deadline was pretty much, you know, end of July, no ifs, ands, or buts. Now it's going to be a flexible trade deadline that could be anywhere between July 28th and August 3rd. Uh, many are speculating because spring training got off to a late start this year. The season's going to get off to a late start this year that the deadline will be August 3rd this year. Has it been confirmed yet? And then the last rule that was just added on, kind of a little amendment at the end, was the extra innings rule is returning where the will will have a ghost runner, even though it's an actual human, running on second base to start in extra innings. And this will only be during the regular season. So during the playoffs, it'll be just like normal if games go to extra innings. Um, which of these rules are you guys, I guess, I mean, Universal DH, I think we're all excited to see, but of the other rules that I laid out, and I guess also expanded playoffs too, um, which of these you guys are you guys most excited to see play out moving forward? I guess, Jesse, we can start with you. Crickets. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, okay, if in terms of entertainment, I'm very happy about the Universal DH. Um, I know a lot of purists are upset about it but honestly like I, when we were watching the 2020 season I didn't miss pitchers hitting at all and 
no, nobody after like one week of this new season is going to be like, oh, I wish like Degrom was going to hit right now. Like, you know, it's just, yeah. So I think that's going to be a change that even people who are doubting it right now are going to come around pretty quick, and that's just going to help make every at bat per game more competitive and. On, personally, I'm a huge fan of the fact that there's going to be a lot more interleague play. Like if I'm just on MLB.tv trying to find a game to watch, I usually am gravitated towards uh, whenever I see like a, an NL and AL team clash. So that'll be nice to see more of that. Yeah, that's probably the one I'm most excited about. Yeah. How, how about you guys, Nick or Ryan? Yeah, I'll, I'll comment on, on a few things. Um, one, I kind of like that, that baseball is uh, taking points from other leagues. You see the, the lottery draft that's pulling from the NBA. You know, again, you, you can't – just because you get the worst record doesn't mean you're going to get the best pick, um, which I think is a pretty good incentive uh, to, you know, to at least not tank to super last place. Uh, you know, there's obviously still going to be teams that do it, but um, – the other thing is playoffs expanding to 12 teams. Uh, I think that's a good number. Um, five teams is pretty restrictive, which, which was fine. But, you know, 16 top two uh, get the bye. I think that makes sense. Um, and the re- remaining four, you have the, the head-to-head, and then the, those two uh, winners face the two that got the bye. So you're rewarding the top teams um, for – getting the best records. And then uh, actually one, one question I have with that is those top two teams could, could the number two seed possibly be a non-division winner no. if they have a better record than the other two division winners? It has to be a division winner. Okay. So, so I guess, I guess what I was going to comment is, so you have the top two division winners, but that doesn't guarantee if you're a third division winner, say, you know, the White Sox can't just coast in their, you know, in their division because they're like, oh, we got this in wraps because they might still have to play a wild card game if they get the third seed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like that. I, I think that's kind of cool. Um, and then the last thing I want to comment is the extra innings rule. A lot of people really don't like that rule. And I understand why, because how does a runner just end up on second? Um, I do think it makes for exciting baseball. Um, It really brings out a certain strategy that you don't see insanely often, a guy on second with no outs. You really got to approach the situation. You know, different managers approach it in different ways. Some teams are better at executing than others. My problem is that it starts right in the 10th inning. I think as sort of compromise to those who don't like it, you know, maybe have it start in the 12th inning. So then teams uh, get two innings of regular extra inning play to get the job done. And if they don't, all right, let's speed this up. Let's introduce a runner on second, but that's my only gripe with it. Uh, It's not the worst, but um, yeah, those are just my thoughts on it. See, I'm, I, I think I, I like the fact that it starts in the 10th inning right away because it's, it's, it's already 162 games. You know, like adding an extra couple innings just to then Im- implement that rule, I think is you know, a little bit of overkill. Like if you couldn't do it, if you couldn't beat a team after nine innings, you know, an extra couple innings really doesn't make that much of a difference. But I, I, I see your point, though. 
Um, it's kind of like the NFL rule, like with the overtime thing, you know, like now that they have in the playoffs, it's going to be um, both teams get the ball, but during the regular season, whoever wins the coin flip gets the ball first and if they get a touchdown, it's over. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like that. And yeah, going back to like your, what you were saying earlier about like baseball taking pages out of the NBA's book for the lottery. I think baseball should be doing this with a lot, like not just with um, other sports, but like maybe looking at the minor leagues or some other leagues with how things that things are being done there and maybe implement some of their rules that might make the uh, baseball a bit more enjoyable for, um, for some other fans other than like, you know, like the legit diehards. Cause yeah, a lot of other sports are starting to do that. They're starting to pivot and change the rules a little bit to capture more of an audience. So it's good that baseball is starting to do that, but there's still a lot of improvement that needs to be made in my opinion. Um, Ryan, did you want to add anything else on this before we move on? Yeah, I got a couple things real quick. Um, going off of what you were just saying, I actually think that baseball does its best job when they put the ideas out there a few years in advance. Cause touching on the DH just for a second, I feel like five years ago, it was really a split on like almost 50, 50 on whether people liked it or not. Nowadays yeah. it's, it almost feels like you rarely see anybody except like really old school baseball people who think it's good to not have a DH, especially with pitcher injuries. Like it just makes too much sense. Um, I, I agree with everything you guys say, said about the playoffs as well. It's fantastic. Going off of that, I think that a big part of the CBA was about finding and keeping competitive balance while trying to alter the economics of the game. And that's why like, it takes a long time to figure that stuff out. What was it, a 99-day lockout? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, 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 it took a long time. Um, I was kind of surprised with how little actually changed with the economic structure of the game. Like, young players get what, like that $50 million bonus pool goes to the best young players or whatever based off of war. Um, yeah. some, it's something like that. But that's not that much when you consider it's a big, huge pool of players. So they might be getting a little bonus, which is nice. But the overall economic structure of the game stayed the same, which is, I think, overall pretty good for the fans because I think that the game is in a pretty good spot in terms of competitive balance. And I think it will be even better now. I've been saying for years, baseball needs buys. It just makes too much sense because you've had teams like, what have the Dodgers been playing for the last decade in August and September? Nothing. Like their, their season has been over. They've just been waiting to play in the first round. But now if they're, you know, only three or four games ahead of the three seed, maybe even, I don't know, it might be a bigger lead than that, but they'll be close enough to where they'll have to be playing meaningful games late in the season to get that by. Um, and we all know with how random the playoffs are in baseball, buys will be important. So I, I really like um, the, the playoff format. I think that it'll keep the competitive integrity. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Overall, not too many things changed, which is weird because I remember when we, we had the radio show back at Marquette, when we were talking about the CBA that just expired, we we're like, whenever the new CBA is negotiated in five years from now, we're gonna, there's going to be such drastic changes. And it just didn't seem like there were that many changes. Like if we kind of felt the universal DH was coming. We kind of felt that more interleague play was going to be uh, mixed in into, into schedules. But, uh, but yeah, overall, I felt like a, the majority of things were kind of untouched, which... Um, well, did you I mean, guys the- see that the... Uh, sorry, real quick, that the mm-hmm. every single player who was on the negotiating panel voted no for this yeah. CBA. And they essentially got voted down by other players throughout the league. So like it was Scherzer, Andrew Miller... Lindor, who all, I mean, whatever. It's like a handful of 10 players. Every single one of them voted no. Um, they were not happy with the proposal. They wanted bigger change, but other players were just like, we, we need our paychecks and we got to play. Well, I think the problem is the union seeded a lot of their major points very early on. 
like the the major points that would have fundamentally changed the the system of the game regarding free agency like pretty early on they were like all right we're not going to change the number of arbitration years we're not going to change the the time it takes to get to free agency which are two of the really big points very mm-hmm. contentious between the two sides and i think I mean, I can see why they did that from a strategic uh, from a strategic standpoint, um, but you know, when it, when it came to it, I, I feel like a lot of the players who weren't you know on that eight person panel were just like, all right, we're we're talking about twenty million dollars, you know, split between a mm-hmm. hundred people for uh, for the, the bonus at the end of the year. Uh, and it, it's just kind of like, uh, why are we arguing and delaying a season over this? So I can see why mm-hmm. people just approved it. I can see why some of them wanted more. Um, I, I think they take, took a lot of steps in the right direction. Um, there for offer might be gone addressed. too. So that would be big. Right. Yeah. There, there are things that weren't addressed that, you know, this, this is up in five years, which is not a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe taking the wins that we got this time or that the union got this time and, you know, kind of analyze their approach. How can we do this a little better and possibly get even more this next time around baby steps. It doesn't need to be drastic change, but like, Hey, you know, let's continuously improve we don't need to jump one way or the other completely let's let's just Mm -hmm. you know little by little let's make this better for everyone involved yeah for sure well bottom line is we got a deal done we have a season and the best part it's not going to be shortened at all um it's starting a little late yeah but it looks like we're going to get all 162 in at least at the moment that's that's what it seems like and no seven Um, inning double headers no seven inning double headers you're right yeah it was Yeah, that's one thing. That that was one rule that I didn't realize how much I hated until I started watching it. Like at first, hated I'm like, it. oh, it kind of makes sense, and then I'm like, nope, this is really dumb. <laughs> yeah, really, really glad they got rid of that. Um, all right, let's move on to free agents. So prior to the lockout that started on December first, uh, it seemed like it was a mad dash for a lot of guys to get these contracts signed. Some guys were taking a little bit less than they probably would have otherwise because it was just so unknown what was going to happen moving forward. And then, of course, a lockout ended up happening. And then as soon as that was over, a bunch of contracts ended up getting signed. A bunch of big trades ended up getting done. And uh, I remember I was watching MLB Network last week, and they were showing, like, on the, on the panel, all the free agent signings that were done. And a lot of these were back in November. And I completely forgot half of these signings even happened. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some players that I was like, oh, you're on this team now? So we're going to play a little game. Uh, it's going to be kind of like a rapid, rapid fire thing. We're going to go through all of the big, what, what, at least what I consider, big free agent signings and trades that happened over the offseason. So what we're going to do, I'm going to go one by one. So we're going to go Jesse, Ryan, Nick. I'm going to tell you guys a, a player, where they played last year and what their contract is. You tell me what their new team is. All right. So I'll give you guys like, you know, like, like, like 10 seconds to think about it. I'm not going to time it or anything. But, and whoever guesses the most by the end wins bragging rights. Cool. $10 million. $10 million, yes. yes. Per, whoever wins gets $10 million of my money. Um, whenever I get it. Uh, all right. <laughs> Jesse, we'll start off with you. You get the first big deal that was done back on November. Let's see. Actually, because we did record one podcast in mid-November. We did do that. So this was the first big deal done after our last podcast. 
So here we go. Jesse, Adam Frazier started for the National League All-Star team in 2021, by the way. He was traded from the San Diego Padres to where? Where is Adam Frazier going to play in 2022? Where is he going to start oh, the season no. at least? Oh, no. Can we steal? I should give me one. <laughs> don't know. Uh, let's go for what is, what is the Yankees, Alex? I don't know. Ooh, I am sorry. That is wrong. Fernando, can we steal? Mariners. No, you can't steal because then, right. because then that means, Ryan, you'll probably get them all if that happens. I was so going to no, say, Ryan would take all of my yeah, points. Yeah, no, no. This, this is going to be fair. <laughs> this is going to be somewhat fair. Somewhat fair. Some of them are, some of these are going to be way easier than that. Uh, but no, Jesse, we're looking for Seattle Mariners. Uh, all right. Ryan, Robbie Ray won the American League Cy Young last year, and he signed a five-year contract worth $115 million. Where is he going to be pitching to start the season? Same team, Seattle Mariners. Bingo. Thanks for the easy one. Yeah, no problem. That's all right. And this, is an I, I, this, is, this is in the order that they happened, by the way. Oh. Um, here we go. Uh, Nick, Starling Marte stole 45 st uh, bases last year, which led the league. He signed a contract of four years, $78 million. Where is the speedster starting his 2022 season? The New York Metropolitans. Metropolitans is correct. I'm not All right, Jesse, here we go. Sorry. Big, big redemption right here, okay? <laughs> no, I just know I'm not. Okay. Jesse, if you, get this one, if you get this one wrong, I'm kicking you off the podcast. All right. <laughs> Marcus Semyon just set the record That's for the strange. most home runs for a set. Just wait. I have didn't even get to finish. <laughs> I, did, I, I put a lot of effort into making this list. All right. <laughs> he hit the, second, the most home runs for a second baseman all time in a single season, signed a seven-year, $175 million contract. Where is he going, Jesse? What is the Texas Rangers, Alex? Uh, nope. We were looking for the Chicago White Sox. I'm kidding. Uh -oh. All right. Yep, Texas Rangers. Ryan, Corey Seager uh, is getting a 10-year, $325 million contract, which is front-loaded, uh, $140 million over the first four years. Where is the former Dodger shortstop playing for the next 10 years? He would be Simeon's middle infield partner in Texas. Bingo. All right, Nick. This guy has two different colored eyes, finished third in the National League Cy Young in 2021, <laughs> signed a three-year, $130 million contract to be the highest paid player. Um, where is he playing? The New York Metropolitans. Seems like I'm giving you all Nick, the Nick, you're just right? going to get all the men. Yeah, you're going to get all the men. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jesse, here we go. <laughs> if, you, if you miss this one wrong, if you get this one wrong also, I'm throwing you off. Marcus Stroman is heading into his age 31 season. <laughs> he just signed a three-year, $71 million contract with a certain team you might be familiar with. Unfortunately, it's the Cubs. It is the Cubs. Not, yep. not a Stroman fan, but... All right, Ryan, this one, might be a, this one might be a little bit difficult. We'll see. All right, I'm ready for it. James Maybe. Paxton signed a one-year $10 million contract, which includes two team options for 2023 and 2024, valued at $13 million for each year. Where will James Paxton be rehabbing? Because he'll likely get hurt again. Where, uh, so which team <laughs> doctors will be looking over him for the 2022 season? I actually like this move as an under-the-radar pickup because they have those club options. It was to the Red Sox. Bingo. Austin Red Sox. They better have a great medical staff. Um, speaking of Ryan, Ryan, this guy uh, probably propelled you to the top of fantasy last year alone. He got 39 saves for the San Diego Padres in 2021 and signed a surprising two-year $12 million deal with a certain team. 
Nick, where did you sign? Mark Melanson. Um, what is the Arizona Pythons? Nice. <laughs> yeah, Arizona Love Pythons. Love me some indeed. shark. <laughs> the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, this guy threw a no-hitter last year. I, I'm sorry, I should be telling you the names. Corey Kluber threw a no-hitter last year with the New York Yankees. Ended up <laughs> signing a one-year, $8 million contract with which team? Wait, wait, wait. I know, I know this one. I know this one. Corey Klubot. Yeah, I should, I should know this one easily, but I don't know why I'm so bad at this. Uh, the Padres. No, we're looking for Tampa Bay Rays, a.k.a. Oh. the 2020 World Series runner-ups. Um, he was Ryan. a former Padre farmhand. Padres rhymes with Rays, so maybe that's a half point. That's maybe a half point, yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) Ryan, Rysel Iglesias, entering his age 32 season, just signed a four-year, $58 million contract, which I know you probably hate because you hate relievers getting big money. Where did Rysel Iglesias sign with for the next four years? I do hate relievers making a lot of money, but – with a caveat, I've, I liked the Aroldis Chapman deal. This isn't even approaching that in terms of money. The Angels re-signed him, and I don't think it's that bad of a deal. I think it'll actually work out pretty well. Yep, yep, yep. All right, sounds good. Nick, any thoughts Love on that, hear. by the way, before we move on? I, I like it. I, you know, he's, he's yeah, you, I don't need to give my full thoughts, but I like it. Grumble yeah. strikeouts. How, how can you yeah. not like it? Grumble he's strikeouts. a good guy. He's a good arm, and we need, we need relievers. Yeah. All right, Nick, here we go. Dick Mountain, a.k.a. Rich Hill, signed yeah. a one-year, $5 million contract heading into his age 42 season. Who will Dick Mountain be playing with this year? Crap. Um, oh, that's a tough one. That is a good one. Um, mm, Ryan, just I don't... I just like we're idiots. I don't. Did he? I, re- that I, I don't think he re-signed with the or Rays. Probably have forgotten. Um, no. I'll give you that hint. You're right. He did not re-sign with the Rays. But well, um, uh, it's. Um, I, I know it's wrong. I'm to say the Dodgers, but it's not the Dodgers. He's going to the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox, really? Yep. They better have a really good medical staff. Paxton and Hill on the <laughs> Red Sox. Man, what a great rotation they're building. They're hoping to get like 150 innings between the two of them. I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, that would be a win. That'd be a huge. That would be a win. Yep. Huge one. Considering Paxton's not coming back until June. Oh, yep. yeah, I forgot about that part. Okay, 120 innings between the two of them. Speaking <laughs> about a big win, Jesse, you need a pretty big win right now. Uh, John Gray trying to get out of the out of course field and heading into his age 30 season signed a four-year, 56 million dollar contract. Where will John Gray be pitching in 2022? The Savannah Bananas. Nice. No, the Texas Rangers. He's going to the Lone Star State indeed. Ryan. Uh, also apparently has a new nasty slider. Oh, does he really? Oh, yeah. I guess I'll have to check it out, maybe. Whenever I say, I ooh, fantasy sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> Not in Coors anymore, either. Uh, yeah. Ryan. Eduardo Escobar hit 28 homers last year and had a three-win season. He signed a two-year, $20 million contract. Where is Eduardo Escobar going to be playing? He's the Mets third baseman now. I'm the Mets, indeed. I thought that was going to be a little bit tough. But you got it. I forgot about that. that yeah, yeah, that one, I, I, I had looked at the Mets depth chart recently, so I will admit that. I'm not sure if I, <laughs> I, sure I would have remembered that. 
And another one I did right. forget until I looked it up a, like a couple weeks ago was the Kendall Graveman one. I'm not, I don't think that's going to be on the list because that was from a while ago. Yeah, that was from a while ago. But yeah. I had I, I forgotten that, that the White Sox had signed him. Dang, I should have asked you that one. You know, yesterday I actually looked at the Rays rotation. I was like, oh, Corey Kluber, that's a kind of cool fit on the Rays. And I forgot today. So, <laughs> um, Nick, Kevin Gossman, once considered a bust, is now broken out. He had a, almost a five-win season last year and earned himself a five-year, $110 million contract. Where is Kevin Gossman going to be pitching in 2022? You know what? What was his original team? Was he on the Indians? No, really. no, I think. No, I'm thinking his original team. I know what team he signed with. I'm just. I'm. I'm... The Orioles. Yeah, he was rich. Orioles. Orioles. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So what he signed with then? He signed with the Blue Jays. Um, but I, I remember. Yeah, I remember him. He like he he had like a like a four and a half five ERA. He wasn't good, really. And then he went to Atlanta and wasn't good there either. And that's that's what I was thinking. Like, he was in Atlanta, either. and then, yeah, wow, he he has kind of jumped around. He's like 33, yeah. 32, 33. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely a late bloomer when it came to success. For him. Yeah. But, yeah, the Toronto Blue Jays, they're looking scary. I like their rotation. Oh, you guys are going to see how much I like them later on. <laughs> um, hey, Jesse, <laughs> Javier Baez, you're, you're familiar with him. Uh, he just got it. He signed a six-year, $140 million contract. So where is he taking himself and his 34% strikeout rate to? To the Motown, baby. Detroit. Mm-hmm. But Detroit. Real, real, really, really fast on Baez. Do you guys remember when you, you said I was crazy? What did I say? 375 or something? He got <laughs> yes. 6140. Not That's saying nuts. it's right. Not it's saying it's right. I can't believe signing. someone paid no, off. I've, yeah. yeah. Crazy. And an opt-out. So it's not even just 6140. He got an opt-out also. Let's not forget yeah. that. Right. Jeez Louise. Scott Morris magic. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, this guy used to be compared to Miguel Cabrera. Avisail Garcia. Mm. Career high, 29 home runs and had a, an almost, almost a three-win season with the Brewers last year. Signed a four-year, $53 million contract. Where is he going to be slugging home runs this upcoming season? Well, it might be a bit less because he's going to be in Marlins Park. I think it's the biggest free agent contract in Marlins history, if I'm not mistaken. No way, really? Which is kind of crazy. <laughs> they did have the stand contract, so they have one of the biggest contracts ever that was on their mm-hmm. books for at least a little bit. But in terms of yeah. free agents, yeah, not much. Wow, that's, that's wild. I had no idea. That Javi Garcia. That. Yep. All right. Uh, so you're on to Nick. Hey, Nick, uh, Justin Verlander just had Tommy John surgery, but yet this team was able to give him one year, $25 million. Where is JV, the future Hall of Famer, going to be pitching this year? Man, for $25 million, he should have been on the Angels, but the dang Astros, the, the Trastros snagged him. Trastros? You're still, we're still with that? Yeah. Oh, never <laughs> never forget. We never done. forget. I know. Yeah, seriously, never forget. Uh... Hey, Jesse, this Oakland A's pitcher, Chris Bassett, was traded uh, post um, after the lockout. Where was he traded to? Uh-huh. I, re- I, remember, I remember telling you this at your, um, at your housewarming party. So I don't know if you remember it, though. Uh... <laughs> of course I don't remember it. Um, Chris Bassett is a Met. He's a Met. Hey, I was right. I, I was like, nice. I was, I was like, was I right? 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, was like 60, I was like 60% sure, so. It was back there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. All right, good. Sorry. So you, you weren't nice. too far gone yet then when I told you that. Um, <laughs> let's see. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker mm. was a big-time slugger for the Cincinnati Reds last year, but he just got traded along with another teammate. Um, where was he traded to? And if you can give me a bonus answer, who, tra- who went with him? It was Suarez. Was tra- Suarez's contract they essentially dumped on the Mariners and gave them Winker to do it. So, yeah, props to Seattle, the Reds. I'm going to – when we talk about our predictions later, I'm saving a little two- to three-minute rant on the Reds. That's my uh, – my off-season question mark. Usually it's the Rockies. This year it's the Reds. Oh, I'm really the well, it, could, it could still be the, the Rockies. The Rockies were still bad. Yes, you could still do, do a rant on the Rockies, no doubt. <laughs> I'll let you guys handle them this year. But, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, Nick, oh, this was pretty easy. Uh, Clayton Kershaw had been debating going to another team for a while. Um, he ended up signing a one-year $17 million deal. Where did he end up signing that deal? Dodger blue. Yeah, stick with the Dodgers. All right, Jesse, here's one for you. You need a big win right here. Oh, boy. Carlos Rodon, a longtime White Sox pitcher, just signed a two-year $44 million contract with which team? The San Fran Giants. The San Fran Giants, indeed. Um, a lot of White Sox fan base is absolutely pissed, and I, I'll, I would be too if Rodon comes back and, it, like, is healthy and dominant, but I don't think that's really much of a given at all, given his yep. health history. High risk, high reward contract for sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ryan, Amir Garrett was traded to the Kansas City Royals in exchange for what player? Oh, that's perfect because I go right into my Reds rant. Traded for Mike Miner. I'll not get into it now. I'll save it for later. I was going to say, if you want to take it away, it sounds like you can really hold it. No, I'll, I'll, I'll wait a little bit till we're doing our right, 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 right. Stay tuned, I need to, get, to gather all my I didn't even know that should happen, so I'm really glad Ryan <laughs> Well, Nick, maybe you can tell us who, um, what this trade was about. Uh, Matt Olson, the um, gold glove winning third baseman – I'm sorry, first baseman for the Oakland A's, was traded surprisingly to what team – and then received an extension. Oh, to the Braves in exchange for uh, Pache and then three other people. Yeah, there you go. Yep, so Matt Olson was traded to the Atlanta Braves and then immediately signed an eight-year, $168 million extension, um, which uh, slapped Freddie Freeman in the face harder than Chris Rock was slapped the other night. Um, that was a pretty badass move by the, by the Braves, honestly. Like solid trade and then they're like all right lock him up yeah no seriously a new freddie freeman and we're we're taking him for the next eight years that is the ultimate the ultimate like business move right there the ultimate like yeah who cares about nostalgia who cares about your emotions this is purely business and uh it makes a lot of sense when you look at it from that perspective Tough pill to swallow, though, for Brave Sands. I'm, I'm sorry, Brave Sands. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow, but you'll be okay. You'll be okay. It'll, it'll be right. Um, all right, Ryan. Yusei Kikuchi was mm. uh, considered a bust for a while and ended up having a solid year last year. It was, uh, you know, some, some ups and downs. In the first but, half and then, yeah. yeah. 
But then he ended up signing a three-year, $36 million deal with which team? I don't know how to feel about Kikuchi. He'll be in that Blue Jays staff, but yeah, he's a question mark to me. I'm not sure. His uh, stat cast page is scary blue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go with Jesse. Anthony Rizzo, longtime Cub first baseman, ended up signing a two-year, $32 million deal with which team? With the team he said he wasn't going to re-sign with, the Yankees. Indeed. So I don't right, really know why he did that, but. Yeah, maybe he's just hoping. To, I, I, I still kind of hope he ends his career with the Cubs at some point. Does like a one-year thing, maybe. Probably. We'll Once we're yeah. back in contention. <laughs> yeah, whenever that happens. Uh, hey, Nick, um, Nelson Cruz heading into his age 42 season, still slugging homers, has, actually has a solid chance at reaching 500 now. He just signed a one-year $15 million contract with which team? The Nationals. Mm-hmm. Pretty big surprising move there, but Ooh. yeah, you, yeah. Their, their city connect jerseys just came out. I think they look yeah, pretty cool. Those. I love the yeah. thing. Yeah, those look pretty cool. Uh, let's see, Ryan, Zach Granke mm. <laughs> just signed a one-year, thirteen million dollar <laughs> deal with which team? Gotta love Granke, the Royals, and a real, real quick nugget on Granke. I was watching a little bit of his press conference. The Royals to me seem like a very anti-analytic old school valued speed defense that kind of thing I don't know just the way that they and even like targeting pitchers in the draft I don't know just the way that they operate their team but then Granky said he's known since 2019 that he's wanted to go back to the Royals which is kind of crazy that he's been planning this for a long time he said Dayton Moore is one of his favorite people in baseball so that's kind of was interesting for me to hear from Granky, a guy who's like obsessed with analytics, essentially wants to be like a front office person or a scout. Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I'm really curious to see how much he has left in the tank because it seemed like he was like sputtering I don't uh, think toward the end of his last year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, so consistent for so long and then just, yeah, just declined pretty Hall of Famer, but yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, Jesse. Yes, sir. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, former – National League MVP. Signed a one-year, $8.5 million deal with which team? Um, I know this because he was just complaining on Twitter about how bad the housing market is right now. He's going to Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, he's going to Milwaukee. He was like, I can't find shit to move into. <laughs> housing, I didn't know the housing market was bad in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know either. It's usually cheap there, but I don't know. Especially when you're a multimillionaire. Interesting. Yeah. I just buy, just buy a house in Lake Forest, <laughs> Illinois, and then just commute up. Or Take something. the Amtrak every day, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, all right, Nick. Freddie Freeman ended up signing a six-year, $162 million deal. Oh, tough one. Can you Dodger break Blue. It to the listeners, where he ended up going. He ended up going to the Dodgers. Dodger Blue. No. My goodness. Um, hey, Ryan. <laughs> Yo. Uh, Chris Bryant. Pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Third baseman slash outfielder ended up signing a seven-year, $182 million contract with which amazing franchise? That's absolute insanity. The Rockies are out of their mind to do that. I wouldn't give, have given Bryant half of what he got, but I'm also lower on Bryant than most. But my God, I don't know what they were thinking. Whew. That contract in a vacuum is bad, and then they're bad. So I don't know what. 
So in a vacuum and in real life. Wow. I mean, I mean, it makes sense for Brian. He has his MVP. Absolutely. He has his all series, and now he's got his paydays. So you know what? Hey, I'm gonna you know hit dingers in Coors Field and cash in. Denver's a nice place to live. I don't blame Brian at all. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I got a ring with the Cubs. I broke the streak. Like, I don't need. I don't need to ring chase anymore. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Uh, let's see. We're on Ryan, right? You just, no, no, no. I just went for Brian. I, yep, you just went for Brian. Yep. Jesse, Kenley Jansen, longtime Dodgers closer, ended up signing a one-year $16 million contract with which team? Atlanta. Hotlanta, indeed. Payback for Freeman. There we go. <laughs> Nick, Kyle Schwarber, World Series hero back with the Cubs, signed a four-year $79 million contract with which franchise? The Smelly Phillies. Smelly. Ah, I was gonna make like a like got a smell it Smelladelphia, but that didn't make a lot of sense. And I thought Smelly would fit a little better with Phillies, but it didn't. So Smellies. Um, I'm gonna work on that one. <laughs> All right. Smellies. Um, the smellies. Hey Ryan. Um Wade Davis, longtime all-star closer, ended up signing with which team this offseason? Mm. I don't see. There's one. I don't know if I know this one. I have no idea. I Wait, <laughs> I, I actually didn't even know that he got a major league deal either. Oh god, that sounds familiar though. I think it was Texas. Trick question. He retired. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to stump you once, but yeah, no, he oh, he got me. Yep. Um, I actually did think he signed it. Like after you said that, it like triggered something in my head where I like remembered him signing, but that was clearly a made up. Yeah. Yeah. That was made up. That was made up. Um, All right. Your your real one though. Jorge Soler, former Cubs big prospect, Mm -hmm. former, uh, the the leader in Kansas city Royals history for home runs in a single season, uh, ended up signing a three-year, $36 million contract after being a World Series hero last year with the Atlanta Braves. Where did he end up signing a three-year deal with? With the Marlins. He's going to be an interesting player to watch, too. We'll see if he's either really good, really bad, somewhere in the middle. It's a wide range mm-hmm. of outcomes with Solar. Jesse, Carlos Correa, longtime hated Astros shortstop, ended up surprising us and signing a three-year, $105 million contract with whom? With the Minnesota Twins. That came out of nowhere. I know it did. The Astros are still the trash can team, but now it is a trash can without a lid, or it is a smaller trash can. (laughs) Something like that. Once Altuve is gone, then then they're cleared. Yeah, it's it's Altuve, Bregman, and Gurriel are like the only main guys, and mostly Altuve, I would say, in terms of what people think of. Yeah. Uh, Nick, let's talk about another Nick. Nick, Nick Castellanos, deep drive to left field. Uh, five years, $100 million contract. Where is he playing? Where is he going to make his deep drives to left field from now on and make awkward situations even more awkward? I, I, I wish you had given me a little more time to, to finish my workshop, but I'm going to go with the first thing in my mind. The small willy fillies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like the smellies better. No, no longer a family <laughs> pod. Um, <laughs> all right, Ryan. Story time. Where did Trevor mm-hmm. Story end up signing a six-year, $140 million deal that almost got 
destroyed because of an anti-vax. Um, well, because he is not vaccinated. Where is he signing? He's signing with Boston, which is interesting because at first he said he did not want to play second base. He will be playing second base, but Bogarts can opt out after this year. So did the Red Probably Sox will. promise him shortstop going forward? Is Bogarts going to leave after this year? Something to keep your eye on for the next few years in Boston. Mm-hmm. And Story got the same contract as Javi Baez, which, yeah. I mean, I think it's a good contract for, for Story, who I think is better than Baez. I think that just shows how bad the bias contract is. At least for me, I don't think it's good at all. I mean, but I'm low. I'm low on bias. I'd say Story's a little better, but they're definitely comparable. High high K rate, high power, good defense. I mean, kind of the same. And now we'll see how Story does throughout a full season, not in Coors. He could be. He could be just as bad as Hobby. Probably not, but. It's in the range of outcomes. Yep. Um, and we have one more. Jesse, get the last one. Albert Pujols heading into his age, <laughs> uh, supposedly 42 season, um, contrary to the beliefs of someone on this podcast, uh, ended up signing a one-year, $2.5 million dollar contract. Where is he going, Jesse? Where is he going to ride off into the sunset? So let's see. Smelly Cardinals, Smardinals. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cardinals. And Indeed. after this year, Pujols and Yachty are going to ride off into the And Wayno. Yeah, Wayno probably as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. And that is how you go through all free agent signings in what? I was like a half hour. 35 minutes. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, oh, oh, Ryan, you won, by the way. No, no, no surprise. Whoa, what about Ooh. the Wayne Davis one? That, was, that wasn't a real one. That oh, was a bunch oh, of crap. Oh, yeah. and, oh. even so, and, and even without that one, um, that was extra he, still, credit. He, still, he still beat you guys by two. So. Yeah, that I was a trick. Had, okay. I think he had more opportunities than I did, but you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. We'll, we'll revisit We'll do it another one another time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, Nick, unless you want to tell me where Andrew Chapin signed. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's what I, I, I actually, I Tigers. think he signed with the Mets, right? Tigers. Tigers. Right. Tigers. Tigers. I knew that. I was just testing yes. you. How did you know that? Uh, yeah. You got an See, at least you got of all the big ones. It's a crazy contract. Yeah. Is anyone, who's left that's like, He's pretty big. Just Conforto, pretty much. Conforto, but... Conforto, oh, yeah. Conforto, that's right. Yeah. I don't so know. That's pretty concerned. much it. Wow. Tigers have to have the heaviest bullpen on record. <laughs> heaviest in too... terms of, like, yeah, maybe. physical Heaviest in, in, in weight, yeah. Gregory Soto, 234. Michael Fulmer, Joe Jimenez is huge. Joe Cisnero, 258. Andrew Chafin, 235. Funkhauser, 229. Joe Jimenez is 277. Yeah, dude is massive. Like, oh my God. Wow. Instead of the Detroit Tigers, they could be the Detroit Fat Cats. <laughs> <laughs> the Fat Cats. That works. 
I mean, they have, they have and they have Pineda now too. Pineda is massive. He's Pineda's a big like boy. Yeah, yeah, six seven two eighty. Yeah, big boy. There you go. I mean, Although and Casey Mize is not big, but he can break the mold a little bit. Yeah. Nah. All right, you guys ready to do some predictions? Right. Let's yeah. do it. Do you Let's guys do want to um, guess? Are we going to head into predictions now? Or, yeah. Okay. Do you guys want to guess? I'm looking at some futures right now. I'm not going to say by which uh, sports book because um, someone can pay us to shout them out. Yeah, we'll no free ads. I'll work on that. <laughs> but um, guess, the, guess the four teams where the odds are – Longer than 100 to 1 to win the World Series. Wait, longer is it? As in, like, less like the, like, like the bottom? Like 200 to 1 or 250 to 1. Pirates. Baltimore. Pirates, Baltimore, those are two of the four. A's. Cincinnati. No. The, Red, the, no Reds are, the Reds are 100 to 1 odds. What about the Athletics? No, they're 100 to 1 odds. The Rockies? Yeah, they're 200 to 1. And then one more. The Rangers? No, no, no way. To... They're, 80, um, they're 80 to 1. Kansas the City? still trash. Yeah. Uh, the one you guys are missing is the Diamondbacks. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they still kind of suck. That bad. All right, and then you can you can guess that the Dodgers have the best odds. Guess the two teams with the second best odds. They're tied. Mets. Astros. Yep, the Mets. Yeah, cool. That'd be a little more challenging. Someone say tag team that one. Something like that, but no. <laughs> I was also thinking. I'm. Sure, I was thinking of the Braves too. I thought would be like pretty close. I was thinking they're, the Blue Jays. Yeah, I thought the Blue Jays would be up there. Yeah, and Jays. The blue, yeah, the Blue Jays are like eleven to one, and the Braves are twelve to one. That's like the fourth and fifth place. So, yeah, right on track. Y'all good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go into our some predictions. Let's do it. Uh, you guys want to go one by one? Like you're like we'll do like our six AL teams first. We'll just go one by one. Sure. All right, Nick, you want to lead us off? Yeah, I'll, I'll lead us off. Um, so I think the AL East will go to the Blue Jays. So, okay, yeah, so this is a, this was the toughest division for me to, to determine because, you know, you have the Rays who are perpetually better than people think they will be. But I was just looking at the Blue Jays roster. Their offense is phenomenal. I think they have a really solid uh, pitching lineup. Uh, Ryu, Hyunjin Ryu, Jose Barrios, Kevin Gaussman, Alec Manoa, Yusei Kikuchi. And I think they have some decent depth to, you know, Nate. I mean, people have been talking about Nate Pearson for a while, but um, I don't know. I like their team. I think they could I, – I'm banking on the Rays not being as good. Yankees and Red Sox are still going to be good, but there's just going to be so much division in fighting. Um, I don't think all four of those are going to make the playoffs. Um, AL Central, I'm going to go White Sox. Ooh, hot take. Um, An AL West – Another hot take, uh, Astros. I still think they got it. Um, the wild, the wild card, AL wild card was really yeah. tough yeah. for me to choose. For your three teams there. So I'll, I'll say them, and 
then I'll kind of analyze my decision. Um, Rays are one for sure. I think the Rays will definitely get a wild card. And then I was torn between the Yankees or the Red Sox. I don't think both of them get it. Uh, And I'm leaning Red Sox just because I I like their lineup a little more. Um, And then the third one, I kind of, I feel like it's kind of tied between three dark horse candidates um, or rather two dark horse and one perpetually disappointing candidate. Um, I mean, a lot of people are saying the angels, I don't have faith in the angels, (laughs) but you know, maybe, maybe me not choosing the angels will mean that they'll make the playoffs. Um, But I also think, just on how bad the AL Central could possibly be, I could see and a lot, you know, and maybe a lot of their pitchers step up, young pitchers. Detroit could possibly sneak in. Ooh, um, no, 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 not yet. Their lineup is trash, but again, again, dark horse. Um, I think that's if all the pieces fall together, and then the other two are either like Twins or Seattle. But Twins have just their, – their pitching staff is god-awful. But their lineup is – it looks dangerous. I mean, you have Buxton. You got uh, Correa. Uh, Max Kepler is always pretty decent. Um, um, uh, uh, third baseman, I, for, I forget. Um, no, he's the first baseman. They, they just traded for him. Uh, oh, I mean, uh, Urshela. Donaldson. Yeah, Urshela. I mean, he's okay. Um, Jorge Polanco is good so there's possibility but like I said their their pitching staff is bad so I guess to round it out wild card let's pick three Rays Red Sox damn it I'm going with the Angels they're sneaking in they're sneaking in I can't do my team dirty like that okay right. Um, we had pretty much the same uh, field I had Blue Jays winning the AL East, White Sox, AL Central, Astros, AL West. And then my three teams making it in uh, via wildcard will be Yankees, Rays, and Mariners. Um, I was close between Mariners and Angels, but the Angels, their pitching staff, it hasn't really given me much to uh, – um, the Syndergaard signing was nice, but I wish they did a little bit more in terms of getting, like, uh, guys on cheap one-year deals with with good upside. I really wish they did more of that. Like, that's what, I feel like that's what the Angels have, have been needing to do for the last few years, just, like – get a bunch of guys and just see like which ones stick. Um, and that's just, uh, they just that's keep exactly what they've been doing and it hasn't worked out at all. <laughs> also, my, my problem with the Mariners is what is their pitching rotation? Who is pitching for this team? Marco Gonzalez, Chris Flexen, Logan Gilbert. Um, well, Robbie Ray is now the front. Justice side Sheffield too. and Robbie Ray. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot of youth. I think I think they I don't know their bullpen was very I don't want to use the term lucky. historic oh it was definitely yeah, lucky they, you should you should use the term lucky they like they they their run differential Casey Sadler had like the best ERA in history essentially Casey Sadler they had a negative fifty one run differential exactly <laughs> with an expected win loss of seventy six and eighty six. And they went 90 and 72. They were just absurdly good in extras. And one-run checked... games in general. And one-run games in general. Have you guys checked oh. Pakoda rankings for tw- uh, the upcoming season? Uh, no, I, I looked at Fangraphs today, but I haven't seen Pakoda's. 
Yeah, let, let me check out Pakoda right now. Um, let's see. Well, I'm pulling that up. Ryan, do you want to go through yours? My picks, or Ryan, you want to do yours? Or? Yeah, I'll go real quick, and then you can okay. hop on, Jesse, because my probably wouldn't be too different. The only teams I'm super confident that will make the playoffs are the Blue Jays, White Sox, and Astros. After that, it is really kind of a, a crapshoot for those last – um, three spots. I think Tampa Bay is most likely to pick up one of the others. If I had to take two other teams, I would probably take the Yankees and Red Sox as the next two best. Um, the Twins, I think, are interesting. The Angels are interesting. I think the Mariners are worse than people expect. I'm just not a huge believer, but I do think they have interesting pieces. I wouldn't be shocked if they're good again. The one team I'll throw out there as my kind of surprise team I mentioned them at the end of last year that I think they'll be good. No one's talking about them and they kind of surprise every year. And that's the guardians now formerly the Indians. They just crank out pitching like no other. They're going to have an incredible pitching staff again, if they can get any sort of offense to me, they're definitely the second best team in that division um, and could sneak into a, a, a playoff spot. All right. I do not. I do not trust the Twins pitching whatsoever. I don't think the Tigers are good. I don't think the Royals are good at all. Well, um, I, I, I'm looking at the Tigers. Casey Mize is decent. Erod Eduardo Rodriguez is good. Um, Tariq Skubal, he had a, a pretty good season last year. Matt Manning, he's I think, all right. I think it's really going to come terrible. down to Matt, you know, to their young pitchers because they have a lot of young pitchers. It's going to come down to those guys. Right. Really but are they all going to throw 180 forward. innings? There's no way. Right. There's no way that young pitching staff is going to carry a below average offense. I just don't see it. There is. Like, would you take that pitching staff or the Indians Guardians pitching staff? I I think the Guardians oh, is Guardians significantly 100%. better. But then when it comes to the offense, don't have any offense. The offense kind of all, Their yeah, only exactly. offense is. You think the Tigers are better than the Indians? Yeah, but who on the Tigers is better than those guys? They have nobody. There is the um, argument that both Torkelson and Riley Green come up and are great. It's unlikely. Yeah, but that's very unlikely, as we've yeah. seen. Even the best prospects don't come up and rake. It's, pitchers mm-hmm. can come up and be good, but hitters coming up and being amazing, you have to be a generational talent. Really, It happens, but if you're banking on two guys coming up in the minors to be your best two hitters, I don't know. Who's their best hitter, Robbie Grossman? I mean, that's, their offense is bad. Akil Badu. Oh, those guys are tech. Bobby. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought you were saying that the Guardians would be better, that they're better than the, the Twins are. I not, do not think the that they're better. I don't think that their lineup is better, but the Twins pitching staff scares me beyond oh, Sonny Gray. Yeah. Um, if, if, the, if the Twins would trade for one of the A's starting pitchers, Montas or um, yeah. Manaya, I don't know, I was blanking for a second. I'm not sure why those guys haven't been traded. If the Twins can pry one of those guys, then for sure they're the second-best team. But I just don't trust their pitch. Their bullpen mm-hmm. sucks, too. That's fair. <laughs> um, and the I'm Indians on... have Karen Check and Klasse and all these guys. I won't, spend, I won't spend too much time on my guesses here. I, again, go with Blue Jays, White Sox, and Astros as division winners. And I, uh, I have such a hard time – Picking the Angels, they just no, dude. They, they are, are the they, 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 they let me down. 
with the same consistency that like the Rays just impress me with being good every year somehow. It's like, so I'm, I'm going to pick the Rays as one wild card for sure. I'm going to probably, I'd have to go twins. I, they, they scare me, but they're frisky and they also are in the worst division. So they're probably going to have one of the easier schedules. And if they do make an addition, especially like at around mid season, if they can add one, one or two arms, I'm sure they will. And, they can definitely hit a wild card spot. And then I will give the last spot to uh, – I'm not going to give it to the Angels. I'll give it to the Mariners out of – There you go. <laughs> and and the, bold, the bold prediction there is that both the Red Sox and the Yankees miss out on the playoffs. Whoa. Um, true. Yeah. I, think, I, think the, I think the AL East is due for some regression because they mm-hmm. were, it was such a dominant – division last year and not much has changed but I just feel like I don't know like not much changed from 2015 to 2016 when like the NL Central was unbelievable and then just the next year the Cubs still were but it wasn't that good of a division but there weren't any well for the Yankees a lot of it is health too like so many of their guys Stanton Judge even Garrett Cole now, but Donaldson, um, Severino coming back from injury. A lot of those guys, if they're not healthy, they could be really bad. If all those guys are healthy, though, they'll, they'll have a good season. But, yeah, definitely not a given. Yeah. My bold prediction is that the Yankees and Red Sox both don't make the playoffs this year. Mm, possible. Unlikely, but that's, that's why it's a bold prediction. So with that said, let's take a look at Pakoda, what they're saying. Uh, they're saying the Yankees are going to finish in first in the AL East. They're going to win 98, uh, 99 games all round up. 99 oh, games? Team. No yeah. way. That's crazy. Followed by the Blue Jays, who are only supposed to win 91. So there's going to be an eight-game difference, according to Pakoda, between the Yankees and the, uh, the Blue Jays. Red That's Sox crazy. are going to win. does not agree with that. No? All right. No. Uh, Red Sox, 86 wins. Tampa Bay, 85 wins. And Baltimore, 61. Computers hate just, Tampa Bay, so that's no surprise. You just know Tampa yeah. Bay is going to win 95 plus. Computers yeah. hate them every year. AL Central, <laughs> the White Sox winning 91 games. Only 91. Minnesota mm-hmm. winning 86. Cleveland with 77. Uh, Kansas City with 69 and a half. And Detroit, 67. Dakota is, Dakota is always so conservative with their like projections too. They'll be like the best team in the entire league will win like 92 games. Well, just Although wait till we get to the, the National Yankees league. to uh, win 99. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The Yankees have a 97.8% chance of making the playoffs and the second Ooh, best world wow. series. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sir. Yeah. Little, 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 uh, ambitious there. <laughs> Yeah, AL West, Astros only winning 90 games, Angels winning 88, Mariners oh. 83, Rangers 71, Oakland 65. Yeah, so they have the Angels yeah. finishing, uh, what, they'd be the 5C in the playoffs? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Big <laughs> love Pakoda. He's <laughs> like, I love Pakoda now. <laughs> No, I want them to. I want them to not want us to make the playoffs. So then we make the playoffs. Because everyone, everyone, every year they're like, "Oh, Trout's gonna make the playoffs." And then I don't want the Angels to make the playoffs, and I don't think they will, Nick. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> God. 
Um, National League. Let's do it. We'll go in opposite order. Jesse, you go first for National League. Okay, National League. Um, I'm going Braves winning the NL East. I am going Brewers winning the NL Central. And I am going Dodgers winning the NL West. Um, All right. For the wild cards, I will go Mets. I feel like they're pretty safe. Um, I'm going to give it to the Giants again just because they were so good. Ah, but do I want to leave the Padres out again? That's tough. I'm stuck between the Phillies and the Padres for my last spot. Um, I will give it to the Phillies because right. I just think, especially especially if Tatis is hurt all like all year, if he comes like fractured wrist, he's out for two months, comes back and is like mm-hmm. power shot, and you just don't get the real Tatis, then the Padres just don't scare me very much, unless a lot of their unless their pitching is just dominant. But I'm going to give it to the Phillies. Ryan? I was at that actually works out. I save a little bit of time because mine are essentially the same. I had the exact same thought process, same division winners. And then my last two teams would have been down to the Phillies and Padres as well. And I would probably give the edge to the Phillies because of their bats and their front end arms and the rotation. I do like the Padres arms, but yeah, the, t- the tough tease injury is just a killer. Um, real quick before, since we're in the National League, I- I'm going to talk a little bit about the NL Central um, can we, can we, can we really quick team. go through everyone's projections? We're getting to. We're getting to... <laughs> Wait, say that again. Can I was we gonna get say everyone's projections really quick before you yeah. go on your rant? Do it. All right. So I got the Dodgers winning the West, Mets winning the East, Brewers winning the Central, and my three wildcard teams are Padres, Phillies, Braves. Um, so who's Nick your Hubbard. out there? Oh, wow. Yeah, no Giants. Um, no Giants. Same, same division winners, Mets, Brewers, Dodgers. Um, and then wild card, I pretty, pretty safely had the Giants and Braves. Um, I was torn on the third, and I went with the Phillies, but sort of like I feel like with the Angels, I just have no faith in them as an organization. Um, so I think like my – next in line would be the Cardinals. Okay. But we'll see. So. Back, baby. All, right. All right. So Pakoda had uh, Mets and Braves tied at 91 wins, Phillies at 86, Marlins at 78, Nationals at 70. And then the NL Central, the Brewers with 93, Reds hmm. with 79. What? What? The Reds, that's stupid. The Cardinals with 79, the Cubs with 72, and the Pirates with 66. And the NL West, like maybe, the, maybe the Dodgers with 102. Jeez. Dodgers 102, Padres 91, Giants 78, uh, D-backs with 73, and Rockies with 67. They think that the Giants are only five wins better than the D-backs? What on earth are these people smoking? That's crazy. crazy. What? What? Five oh, wins better. Ridiculous. That's terrible. That's I want to see how 
different fan grasses really fast while you guys are yeah that doesn't make any sense do we want to take a quick break and then ryan can go off on the nl oh i can't wait i cannot wait for this this rant is gonna be great i can't wait yeah Yeah. we'll do that rant coming and then we'll do some quick player futures (laughs) Woo! let's do it all right i think the biggest thing to me is the fact that the reds have a 21% chance of making the playoffs, according to Pakoda. Ryan, you're looking up the Fangraphs uh, projections. Where do they have the Reds finishing? Yeah, so that's definitely the, the biggest difference between the two. They have the Reds finishing 75 and 87 with a negative 63 run differential. Um, and then in terms of like overall war, like measuring the war for the entire roster, they have them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven from the bottom. So what, 23? fourth best team in the league essentially so yeah nowhere near the playoffs um i I guess now would be a good time for me to do my reds rant that i mentioned earlier um i feel like every off season there's one team that does something really really stupid and recently it's been the rockies and it's always fun to have these teams in the past it was dave stewart with diamondbacks and I guess now it's the Reds' turn. Um, it seems like they were actually going in a decent direction. Like, they had Castillo under contract for a few years. They had Sonny Gray on a cheap deal. They had Jesse Winker, who wasn't going to make that much in arbitration, who looked really good. Essentially, they were just paying Joey Votto. They had a decent core. They messed up Gano's this offseason, which is a pretty decent spot. They can either add a few pieces, try to contend, or just unload some guys and – go for the future you'd think they'd try to compete given the new playoff rules and given how bad the division is so what they start off the offseason they show they're not gonna re-sign Castellanos which again that's fine then they trade Sonny Gray essentially just dumping his whole contract on the twins even though he's not making anything for a few decent prospects so it looks like they're selling for the future then they trade as we mentioned earlier Jesse Winker and Suarez to the Mariners dumping what Suarez was making 35 million for the next three years that's not even that bad and they essentially gave up Jesse Winker to get rid of that contract I would almost pay Suarez that if if you think he's going to bounce back he's worth that almost on his own so I don't understand what they were thinking they got back a couple okay young pitchers but nothing great so I don't understand what they were doing there again it looks like a move for the future to like clear future payroll but not that much of it so it looks like they have like no money they mentioned early in the offseason that they have no money really and then out of nowhere, they trade one of their better relievers, Amir Garrett, for one year of Mike Miner, who's washed up and making $7 million more than Garrett was. So they add, which they just dumped to get rid of their best hitter, to add one year of like 34-year-old Mike Miner, who's a fly ball pitcher going to Cincinnati. Like, what, what, Where is the logic in that? And then they signed Tommy Pham and Donovan Solano and Hunter Strickland. So apparently they do have money. So why didn't they just keep Jesse Winker and Suarez and try to build it around them? So like, tell me what you would rather have. Sonny Gray, Jesse Winker, and Suarez, or Justin Dunn and a couple pitching prospects they got along with Mike Miner and Tommy Pham. How are the Reds in a better position? What are they trying to do? Clearly they're not, even by Pakoda, thinking that they're decent still only a one in five chance and in an optimistic projection to make the playoffs. They're not going to be good. Are they building for the future? Are they trying to like 
maybe fluke their way into the playoffs this year and hope that they can be good. I just don't get the process at all. If you're going to trade Jesse Winker, you got to get something amazing for Jesse Winker. You can't just dump a pretty good contract. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. So if any of you have any rationale behind what the Reds did, to me, they took over the offseason as the stupidest team in the league. My thing about the Reds is, I mean, what it, what it, well, actually, I was, I was going to say, what does this town have to offer in terms of sports, but they now have the Bengals. So I guess, yeah, uh, but, you know, the Reds, 1970s, the big red machine, you know, they have so much history in baseball and they could be a solid baseball town like the people are hungry um well, that's what i'm saying they had a decent core they made the playoffs two years ago and were a couple games out last year i mean this is just one of those instances like if you're going to be an owner of a major sports franchise and cry poor you know what maybe you shouldn't be owning a major sports franchise i mean that that's that's it like don't yeah same with same with the A's owner. Like, what are you doing owning a team if you're if you're gonna you know? It it really doesn't like. Why are you in this business to field a crap team? Yeah, we need I feel more for Joey like Votto. Mike Illich. Yeah. No, but yeah, I feel awful for Joey Votto. Like, he got screwed, man. So screwed. Looks like this is like fun. his last chance of like winning right. a World Series with the. Uh, with the Reds, and now that that's over, he's like, I, I mean, he could. I don't want to get like you know like uh, um, like the NBA or the NFL, but like I'd be like, hey, get me out of here, like <laughs> if, if that's the case, because yeah. I mean, I. But that at the same time, you kind of want to stay the rest of your career in Cincinnati if you're this far already. Um, but man, if I were him, I'd be wanting to go somewhere else, try to win a World yeah, Series elsewhere. Because so clearly, they don't care. It's a first baseman. Where would he play? Well, the, the, this team doesn't need a first baseman, but there's been rumor. There had been rumors a long time just because he's Canadian of him going back to Toronto. And if they could find a way to fit that, just the lefty bat that they need, oh, that would be so cool. It will never happen, but that would that's what I would like to see. It would be really cool if Votto was like a deadline move this this year to some other, mm-hmm. some, some contender. That'd just be awesome. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. It's it's harder to throw in the Rockies as the most dysfunctional franchise in baseball, but the Reds uh, apparently that's what that was their offseason mission, and they um, a mission accomplished. So, um, yeah, the Reds. I mean, it's weird. Pakoda loves them for some doesn't love them, but they like it likes them a lot more than most should. Um, oh wait, sorry, real quick. The last thing on Mike Miner is he's injured too. I forgot to throw that in there. I mean, I, I'm sure they, get, I guess, didn't know it at the time, but he's going to start the season on the injured list. How does he pass the physical if I – don't, I, I don't know, man. The whole thing makes no sense. Maybe he got injured in spring training, but he's injured. Castillo's injured. Their starting rotation is Tyler Malley and three rookies to start the season. It's a four-man rotation, and it's Tyler Malley and three rookies. So really? this team's going nowhere fast. Yeah, isn't, like, Hunter Green starting? On yeah. The, I mean, that'll be, be cool. cool. But yeah. again, good good luck with that. Yeah, and if, like Hunter Green comes up and is great, and they're going to be like, "Oh, we could have been like good if we didn't <laughs> right. do everything that we did." It's yeah. almost like a no win scenario. Like if he's good, then they'll wish they had actually tried to compete, and if he's not good or gets hurt, then it just kind of blows up in their face even more. Yeah, because they also non tendered Wade Miley, right? 
Yeah, that, oh, I forgot about that. Thank you for my, that was another thing that they did. So yeah, they essentially took on that minor money, which was like 7 million, but they non-tendered Miley, who was going to make less than that and gave him and and let the Cubs take him for free. Right. And I think it's pretty clear, even if Wade Miley's not that great, he's better than Mike Minor. So what did you just find 7 million under your pillow? I don't, I'm, none of it makes sense. Yeah, it really doesn't. No, um, yeah. Oh, well, sorry, Cincy. At least you guys got the Bengals. Um, all right, let's go to futures predictions. So we're going to do AL and NL, Cy Young and MVP. So let's do AL Cy Young first. I have quite a hot take for my AL Cy Young. Um, I'm going to go with Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox. Wow. To win the Cy Young. That is certainly a hot take. Yeah, last year, uh, a four-and-a-half-win season, had a 12.28K per nine rate, mm-hmm. uh, his FIP under three-and-a-half, and struck out 226 batters, and he's entering his age uh, 26 season. So yep. I think it's he's not really going to blossom. I really think. And he's durable, too. He made 32 starts last year, of course. You can't predict durability. Um, but I, I really like Dylan Cease and where he's headed just throw more strikes and he's he's there so it's yeah it's mm-hmm. not a bad call yeah uh, my problem with cease is yeah he had a 3.69 walks per nine and he's yeah, projected he's projected anywhere from 3.6 to 4.2 which is just so many walks <laughs> but that's what happened with robbie ray couldn't throw strikes and then last yeah. year he figured out his delivery did started throwing strikes yeah but yeah he had a new team cease it's not like cease has a brand new uh, True, but Cease is also coming into his prime. I'm defending yeah. Fernando's position. I, I think I think he'll be good. Um, I just I don't think he'll be Cy Young good. Uh, which I guess is a segue into fair. my Cy Young picks. So you know I I could go with the you know I I really do think Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in the AL. Whether you know <clears throat> whether he wins the Cy Young or not, yeah, that that's up to. Um, I think. As much as it pains me, I think the Cy Young is going to come from an Astros pitcher. Um, And we saw from rookie Luis Garcia, we saw a lot of uh, potential there. I had him on my fantasy team for a while, so I I really liked him. I think he could take major steps forward. That is bold on the seats, I will say that. uh, But the person I like more than him is Framber Valdez. I think he has one of the best curveballs in the AL. Um, I think if he also can, has to throw strikes, ma- though. It, it's a matter of health. Um, but I think he just yeah, – I, I, I should have pulled up his stats. Um, he also struggles throwing strikes, though. I had, I had him on my team last year. He was yeah, that's kind, of, kind, four, of, kind of similar walks, to season 3. that 3.88 walks per nine. That's a lot. That's he's hard lot. to hit, and he you cannot elevate the ball off him, so he's incredible because he gets K's and ground balls, but sometimes he can't throw strikes. Yeah, he had 0.8 home runs per nine. So, yeah, I mean, again, kind of the Robbie Ray treatment. <laughs> it would look yeah. like that's who we're sticking with. If you throw a strike. I mean, that's crazy. what you're looking for. Like, you are major league pitcher. Good stuff. Throw, throw a strike. Like, what are you doing missing the zone? I don't, I don't know. That. Part but, of it is when you throw that many curveballs, it's hard to locate that pitch. The fastball gets annoying, but the curveball is hard to locate that ball. 
right, I'll, yeah, I'll do so mine that, that's quick. my AI my, guy. Mine is uh, I, I would probably go with Cole, but if uh, if Beaver throws 180 to 200 innings or more, he's my pick for sure. Mm. I, I I think he's great pitching in a good division and a good ballpark. Um, yeah, I, I like the situation with Beaver. Um, led to a good season. Yeah. I actually like Bieber a lot too. There's fear about his health, but like looking at the mm-hmm. list of like all the top AL pitchers, I just don't trust like anybody to really surpass, like almost nobody to really surpass like 150 innings. Um, mm-hmm. Someone who's interesting if he's, if he's healthy, um, Chris Sale, he could come back. He's not though. He's, he's starting the season on the injured list. Yeah. Coming back in May. Yeah, I guess so. That that's probably to the curb. Giolito, why not? The perpetual cusp of Cy Young. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably I'll probably just put I'll just put Giolito as my pick. I'm not gonna. Another wild card. Not a bad pick. He really could. He really could make it happen. Another wild card could be Barrios for Toronto. I just think Toronto will get a lot of attention. So if Barrios has a good season, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, transitioning to NL Cy Young. What's that? Cindergard if he's healthy. For sure. Yeah. I'm sure the odds on that are incredible. I, I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> if we could get a Cy Young season out of Might not have Cindergard. the innings because he's coming back from TJ. Oh, yeah. He's right. like the Angels, so he's not going to do well. He's <laughs> not. He's not. Well, so he's, he's going to get hurt. The Angels are going to work with a six-man rotation, or at least they say they are. I mean, obviously health barring, but um, they 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 also mentioned that they don't have him on any sort of limitations. So it really is going to be a play by play by ear sort of thing. Um, see how the beginning of the season goes, and you know if they need to dial it back, kind of in the summer months, and then you know kind of push it back. Uh, you're so pushing forward out. rather in the in the later months if they do, are making a playoff run. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it working out. I know. Yeah. Um, let's move over to National League Cy Young, and I'll kick it off with the guy who's perpetually on the fringe of uh, – he's usually hovering in the top five, Walker Bueller. I think this is finally his year. Um, he's uh, Last year, what, he Monster. finished top three? Third? I think third. Yeah. Yeah, so I think this is finally his year that he'll go ahead and take it all. Um, I was tempted to say uh, Zach Wheeler because now that the Phillies are going to actually be, um, you know, they're going to be a much better team. I think that'll propel him too. And he's also been very durable. Oddly, oddly after being so, um, after being hurt so right. often, now he's become one of the most durable guys. It's so weird how he flipped his career on. He's like the that. only guy going deep in games anymore, really. Yeah, it's so weird. So yeah, uh, Walker Bueller is my guy for this year. For sure. I. I chose Walker Bueller as well. He's yeah. He, I mean, he's temp- he's so tempting just because like, if I was to bet on someone who's gonna definitely hit or at least get close to full two hundred innings, Zach Wheeler and Walker Bueller are up there. Zach Wheeler's been talking about some like shoulder tightness though, so that kind of scares me. But sh- I mean, it didn't seem to be that severe. Um, Scherzer's not a bad pick, but I'm going with someone who I think finally has the reins off of him, and he's going to go full beast mode this year, Julio Urias. Ooh. I think, I think it's, it's not it's, – this isn't his contract year. I think next year is his contract year, if I'm not wrong. 
but um, he's got, I just think they're finally going to let him go 150 plus probably to like 160 to 180 innings this year. He did that last year, didn't he? Yeah, he definitely did. Okay. But yeah, if he gets to like 180 innings, I think he's pounding. He was only 20 game winner in the league. So he was definitely pumping out the innings. So I, I just think he's pretty sneaky and not talked about enough about just how good he is. So he's going to be my pick. Sure. I, so yeah, I, I went with Walker Bueller, but my dark horse candidate, and I'm a little biased because I just love this guy, uh, Sandy Alcantara. He doesn't get a ton of strikeouts, 8.8 Ks per nine, um, two walks per nine, but. Neither does Bueller though. He's just got filthy stuff. He pitched 205 innings last year. I'm a sucker for innings. Um, and average fastball velocity is 98 miles an hour, which is just disgusting. Um, ground sink. ball pitcher, he's got a nasty sinker, nasty slider. Just, I think he takes – and he just got a decent contract. So I think he takes another step forward. He's my dark horse guy. All right. Ryan? I mean, that's, yeah, that's a good call. I, I love Walker Bueller too. I was going to say that about the case though with Bueller too. He surprisingly doesn't get as many strikeouts as, as you'd expect. Um, not like Scherzer in his prime or Kershaw or anything. Um, I would just say Degrom if he's healthy is the best. It's hard. It's just hard to go against him. Yeah, you know? so, yeah, yeah. Going to be boring. I'm no one said Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff. I mean, I, I love me some Corbin Burns and Woodruff. They were my guys <laughs> last year, but um, the innings with them. It's hard if those other guys are going to go 210 innings. I don't think that Burns is going to be that much better than them again in terms of underlying results that, yeah, he needs, he needs that to win. All right. Yeah, Burns, and, Burns is projected for an average of like 172 innings. Mm-hmm. So a little under, but. He was at like 165 he, last year. So. I was going to say he won it with less, so. Yeah. Yeah, he is so so freaking good. Point three eight homers per nine last year. Yeah, Whew. and that he since he added that nasty cutter, he can get lefties out just as good as righties now. He's yeah, even a step above Woodruff. All right, MVP season. Let's do it. AL first. Um, Otani's gonna repeat. <laughs> if you if you combine the the offense with the pitching, it's kind of hard not to. It's true. If yeah. he's healthy, it's hard not. If he's healthy, it's yeah. Oh yeah, not a bad pick. Um, so there I'm, you go. Should be really good. I'm gonna go with the only person who was in the conversation against Otani last year. I think he'll actually get it this year, um, Vladdy. Vladdy Jr. I think he'll just go beast mode and if there's some regression to the mean a little bit for Otani at all then Guerrero is just the best offensive player probably in baseball so I could see him getting it. Ooh. Ditto Jesse I'm not even gonna go any further I'm, I'm with on the Guerrero train. Wow I mean you guys got to keep in mind that he played over half of his season in a minor league field. You know, uh, not not that I'm discounting his Doesn't abilities. Matter. I think he's an incredible hitter. But the, uh, I do I mean, think the, there's the, going to be some regression. 
if you look at Statcast numbers, if you look at WRC plus, it accounts for all that. And Vlad's at the top, anyways. So, I, and it's not like Toronto's a, a pitcher's paradise. I think yeah. he's going to mash there just as much as he mashes anywhere. Uh, dude, man. dude, dude, just cranks. Y'all are sleeping on my boy Michael Nelson Trout. I think he's going <laughs> to stay healthy all year. He's going to come back with a vengeance. I think he's going to mash. 40 plus home runs in a healthy angels lineup. I wish I was being sarcastic. Um, no, I, I, I gotta go with my boy trout. Uh, my dark horse guy is, gonna, is actually Luis Robert Robert. Um, you know, he, I think for him, it's just a matter of not swinging at bad pitches because he does have a history of, um, swinging at pitches outside of the zone. So if he can, if he can stay healthy, which is the case for anyone, if he can stay healthy and if he can maintain good plate discipline, I mean, in that White Sox lineup, he's going to have plenty of opportunity for counting stats. Most Plus he gets steals. Plus he steals, which you don't and he's see. he's a good defender, so he'll rack up that good war. Good defender. There's a lot of good sleepers in the AL, actually. Yeah. I didn't even mention yeah. Jose Ramirez. Yeah, I didn't no, mention sure. Devers has a shot. He's mm-hmm. a decent dark horse. Like Buxton, Buxton if he's healthy. Like Byron Buxton. Even. At, the, at the point of when Buxton got hurt last year, he was leading all, all of the league in war by like a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he could definitely pull through. I love me some Buxton. Yeah. All right. Now league. National League, let's go. Um, my pick is... Juan Soto. It's finally his year. <laughs> it's his year. It's his year. <laughs> a full season of Juan Soto walking a ton. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just the, 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 the power will come naturally with that, with getting more played appearances. It, it, it's his year. Juan Soto's going to win it. Out of, out of all Cubs – the lead, the leading contender, or like the player with the best odds to win MVP on the Cubs is Frank, Frank the Tank. <laughs> Let's go! My God, Frank the I Tank. Love Frank <laughs> I was just looking. I'm like, oh my God! I had to go down to like the 70th most likely person. Dude, Frank is amazing. Let's go! That's the first person you see on the Cubs. God damn. Um, Lordy. I think for MVP, <laughs> I feel like if he comes back within the first month, he could definitely be the MVP. I might go with Ronald Acuna, uh, who I think is the best player in the National League, like the best offensive player in the National League. So depend, like it all depends on – he says he's ready to go. He might come back in like the first two, three weeks, and if he does and he's mashing – He's my pick. Michelle. Ryan. Um, I, I think I would also probably go with Soto. It's either between him or Harper for me. I think that just the given health with them over Acuna, you never know. They might take a little bit slow. Um, just we know that those guys are ready to go and just his good or if not just as good a slight step down i think soto is definitely just as good um so yeah i would be one of those guys i guess i would lean soto no real reason over harper 
Yeah, I do. I do love me some Juan Soto. He's my he's my guy. My dark horse guy is Matt Olson, which I know he's at first base, which is not a premium position, but I don't know. Maybe the dude just rakes. We I was going to say, he was doing what he did in Oakland. On the other side, so. First but then again, both MVPs in the 2020 season were first basemen. And Matt Olson is, like, the best defensive first baseman, so he's not going to – like, his war number won't be as affected by, you know, being no. a first baseman because he's actually really good over there. It's kind of interesting that none of us even mentioned any Dodgers players considering they have, like, 10 of the best 30 players in the league or whatever. But I, I think that – I'm guessing we all think that they're just going to kind of take at-bats and stats away from each other. That yeah, not, exactly. not, no one of them is going to – dominate the league whereas Soto is just going to be like the clear guy on the, on the Nationals doing all the damage or even Harper in the middle of his lineup whereas yeah. Dodgers will rotate guys in and out yeah like if I, I had just, to choose a I Dodger just... I would say Max Muncie mm. I would say Mookie I, I just I don't see Mookie regaining 2018 form though like he's still good He's still good, but I don't, I don't see him. He just has the overall though. package of value where he can run, play defense, hit, hit for power, not strike out. Just a very good player. Trey Turner could also be in yes. if, if he just has like, oh, true. Yeah. If he just gets like yeah. a ridiculous amount of like runs and steals and then hits for like mediocre power and average, he'll, he'll be mm-hmm. in the conversation leading off in that lineup. Mookie's only projected for 15 steals. Trey Turner? No, Mookie. Oh, I thought you said Trey Turner's only projected for 15 steals. I was like, that's that's broken. 30 30 plus. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense for Mookie, though. He's not like a a major baseline threat anymore, but 15 is still, you know, that's that's well above average in today's game. Cool, guys. Also, how about this? If, if, DeGrom is healthy all year and is like the clearing away Cy Young. Does he have an MVP case potentially? If he does what he did last year and, you know, prolongs that throughout the whole season, of course. Yeah. If he, yeah, if he can get over, because I think the benchmark has been lowered as, we see, as we've seen by Corbin Burns. I think the benchmark now is 160 innings and over. So if he can but eclipse 160 too. innings, oh yeah, for it, for MVP, if he can get over 180, and a sub two ERA, yeah, well, ERA. well, well, yeah. sub two. It's it's hard because there's just no criteria for it. Like, how do you? At what point can the pitcher enter, enter the conversation? You know, yeah. how that, it's yeah. different for everybody. It just has to be and like there's 30 voters. It's going to be random. Yeah. yeah, it has to be truly that good of a season. Where you yeah, yeah, with no Not other even... like standout offensive candidates, usually exactly. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's usually one of those years. So like last year in the National League, twenty twenty one, there were really like Harper ended up winning it. But if Degrom had had his full dominant season, if he was looking like he was gonna have, if he had stayed healthy, I I could have seen him winning last year. Yeah. When when did Verlander win both? Was that twenty eleven? Think so. Cy Young and MVP. It was right yeah, around had, there. And Kershaw also was in 2014. Verlander had 251 innings that That's year. insane. Yeah, no one's getting that anymore. And then Kershaw was in like the 230, 240 range when he won in 2014. Yeah, that was 2013. 236 innings with a 1.83 ERA. Oh, my Lord. 
Kershaw? For Kershaw. I thought Kershaw was 2014 that he won MVP. No? Sure. Sure. It doesn't matter, though. Maybe. Maybe. Whatever year it was, he was. What a yeah. good pitcher. Incredible, man. We're, we're ah. seeing the, the end of it, too. He's already said that he's not going to play, like, super, super long. So, I mean, it might not be the end this year, but it's not going to be, like, uh, playing into his 40s kind of thing, like Verlander. I could see only a few more from Kershaw. Just all those injuries, and he's already won. Like, what, you know, what is, he, what is he really playing for? He has all the money. Yeah. Appreciate him while he's there this year. It'll be fun. He's 330 strikeouts away from 3,000, so I'm sure he's probably going to play till he gets that done. Yeah, so At like two least. more seasons. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Good for him. One of the best pitchers of our generation, if not the best. Yeah. yeah. Hard to argue against him. Right. Him, well, Scherzer. We're, we're back. Baseball Darks is back. Baseball, we are baseball back. officially starts in what, like a week? A week from yeah, tomorrow. week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow. Woo. So going to my first opening cool. day. I'm excited about that. Nice. Be nice. Yeah. I'm praying the weather works out. I don't want it to be crazy. Yeah, right. Just be decent. Just be decent. Yeah. That's all. I, that's all I want. Fifties, fifties, and clear skies. I'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, baseball's well, back. So be either way, baseball's back, and we're happy about it. And uh, yeah, we'll be pumping out episodes much more often now that there's actually stuff to talk about. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how our projections age as the season goes on. Can't wait to see the dark horses that come into the picture. Um, cool. So, for Jesse, Ryan, and Nick, I'm Fernando. Have a good week, everyone.